Thanks for checking out this weekly Sunday message from Carrollton UMC. We pray that God will use this to speak to you and help you grow in faith. We invite you to join us this Sunday at our 10.30 a.m. one-hour service, in person at our location in Uptown New Orleans, or live online on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. To learn more about Carrollton, please visit carrolltonumc.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through him the world was made through him. The world did not receive him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word of God for us, the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you in all ways, for you are our rock and our ever-present Redeemer. Amen. So I don't know what gets you into the Christmas spirit. I, I brought my car out to um, Lamarck Ford to get serviced about a week or so ago. And I'm in there, and, uh, it, you know, it just, the music that's playing is just absolutely gorgeous Christmas music. And I'm getting into the spirit. And then I pick up the CD case that's sitting on the counter, and it's Ronnie Lamarck singing. Uh, the man can really sing. It's beautiful. So, Ronnie, if you're listening, take it easy on the repair, right? Um, so then we had this, this last week of... Man, Christmas is already here. It's the week of Christmas. But we, interestingly, it's not like Christmas arrived on Thursday. We had the whole week. And we vowed, the family said, we're going to do something every day. And so we did something every day. And I really got in the spirit. But nothing like this morning when, because the car's still in the shop, right? So I, I called up a, a, an Uber. Actually, it was a Lyft. And you open the app, and the Lyft app says, your sleigh awaits. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. And son of a gun, if a, if a big white pickup truck doesn't show up outside, I told the guy, I said, this is really like a sleigh. He said, yes, it is. So in the spirit. Now, you know, whether you've been in this church one time or a hundred times, you know the adage about Christmas, right? Jesus is the reason for the season. Now, I'll contend for you, though, that that's not the why for the season. It sounds like it, but that's the what. In other words, Jesus is the reason for the season is saying of what does Christmas consist. It should, from the beginning to its end and everything in between, be all about Jesus. But what about the why? Why do we have Christmas at all? I mean, we give thanks and praise and we study Jesus all year long. Why do we have this particular Christmas celebration? And I know if you live in New Orleans, you think, for the parties, right? But deep down we know there's much more to it than that. If only we can find out what that is and recognize it when we see it. So we've been discussing these four weeks leading up to Christmas, the Advent season, that the purpose of those four weeks, and including today, Christmas Eve, is to prepare ourselves, not so much for the death and resurrection of Jesus, that's, that's Lent and Easter, but, but for the birth of Jesus and the life of Jesus, his 33 years on earth. 
Now, I know that every one of us here has our own individual frame of reference for Jesus as that relates to Jesus as Savior. We all know the most famous scripture on the topic, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. I still marvel at how simple that message is. Right after Katrina, we went to the Billy Graham crusade in what was the not the Smoothie King Center now, the New Orleans Arena. How many, who else went to that? I see some hands. Billy Graham, when he invites people into the faith, this is how he does it. He says this. He says, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for your sins and rose from the dead, you believe that. He says, you must ask him to forgive your sins and invite him to come into your heart. He says, once you have prayed that prayer, stand up as a public testimony that you have just received Christ. It's that simple. God names it. You have to claim it. Now, there's a big difference, though, between just saying a bunch of stuff about God and actually claiming what God has for you, actually asking God to forgive your sins, actually asking God to come into your heart. And the difference manifests itself in how you live your life after you open yourself up to God like that. So this is not to assert that all of us, whether you come to this church every day of the year or another church, not to say that all of us don't fall short in our lives of the glory of God. We do fall short, but those who have actually claimed what God has offered are always working at trying to live a godly life, even when they stumble. So how do they do that? So here's a Christmas present for you. It's something you may not have thought about. Did you know that as Christians, we believe that truth manifests itself in Jesus? Check this out. You look at Jesus, you see the truth. We study what his life was like, what he did, what he said. And in that study of Jesus' 33 years on earth, truth is opened up to us. Now, those 33 years are really important because when the Scripture today tells us that the world did not recognize Jesus for what he was and who he was, the gospel writer is telling us that they didn't recognize that during his lifetime, during his 33 years. The folks who didn't receive Jesus as Son of God resulted in Jesus being rejected and persecuted and abused and ultimately being crucified. And you think to yourself, how could this happen to a guy who seemed like such a nice person? And it's because Jesus made certain assertions about his divine nature as God. Essentially, his offer to the people around him to be saved. Giving those people really just two choices. Either to recognize the truth or to decide not to recognize the truth. They had to accept Jesus or reject him. And rejection was a response that Jesus claims were so outrageous that we can't even think about him. He's just got to go. And we sit here 2,000 years later, and most of us wonder, how could those people have missed it? What were they looking for? I read a story this week about a newspaper columnist in Washington, D.C., who conducted a, what he called an experiment in perception. And he set out to answer this question. He said, in an ordinary setting, at an inconvenient time, would beauty 
transcend all of that and be recognized. So he enlisted the world-renowned violin virtuoso Joshua Bell, who's the individual up here. I, now, he's good. He's got nothing on the Antis boys, though. Anyway, uh, so he got him to play in a subway station during the rush hour at, uh, in Washington, D.C. Joshua is playing a 1713 Stradivarius worth three and a half million dollars out there. And days before, he had just sold out the whole Boston Symphony Orchestra Hall. Tickets going for hundreds of dollars. So in the time that he played down there, thousands of people passed. 27 people paused long enough to drop a little change in the hat. $32.17. Seven people actually stopped to listen for a minute. One person recognized who he was and left a $20 bill. It's kind of a funny response when you think about it, right? You, you know this is the world's best violin uh, player. He's selling out concert halls, and you drop him a 20. What was the message you were sending? I'm not really sure. And in the routine of the everyday and the rush of the moment, almost everyone failed to perceive the talent, the beauty, the fact of who this person was. Christmas for us is an opportunity and an invitation to observe and to recognize, to look again at that baby who's being born and his 33 years of his life, to appreciate Jesus for who he really is and to fill in those gaps in our minds of our image of Jesus. When the scripture today says the world did not recognize him, his own did not receive him, the scripture is telling us the people just couldn't commit. Here's why they couldn't commit. Because commitment takes time. Commitment takes effort. Commitment takes faith. And that's not just commitment to Jesus. That's commitment to anything, to a cause, to a spouse, to a friend. You eliminate the time or eliminate the effort. You get nothing. And you only are willing to put forth the time and the effort because you have faith pushing you to do that and an expectation of a favorable outcome. So here's a key. You only get that faith when you study and understand and appreciate the cause. It's unreasonable to ask someone to have a strong faith in Jesus who has, to put it in the world's vernacular, knows nothing about him. It's easy, right? No, it's not. But nobody ever said it would be easy. Look again at Jesus' father, Joseph, who when Mary shows up with child. His reputation is called into question, but he holds on in honor of the woman he loves and the God he serves, and so he can raise up the Savior of the world, of all mankind. Joseph committed to the cause. Look again at Mary. From the first moments of her pregnancy, it's been uncharted waters, and things don't get easy from there. Imagine as a mother, the feeling she gets when she realizes that the baby is being born to her is going to go for, out for a mission that ends the way it does. Mary committed to the cause. Think about Jesus. Look again at him. He lived a life that was about, not about himself, about every person around him, about all those people he came to save who ironically are the same people who rejected him. And Jesus finished the task anyway. 
Jesus committed to the cause. Day after day, we think and say, well, we know better than the next person about all of this. But then year after year, we refuse to commit any time to Jesus' church. For some of us, not even one day a week. We refrain from putting forth the effort to Jesus' mission for us, which is not about us and looking inwardly and getting our head straight, but our mission from Jesus is to get out and tell other people about him. We come up short this way because we have a faith that we don't feed in water every day or sometimes regularly at all. Christmas calls us to take another look at this man named Jesus, to look again at his life, to look at this man who was overlooked by his contemporaries. We don't need to take too many steps outside these doors to know that right now, except for the red and green and the tinsel and the blinking lights, that outside of the Christmas season, Jesus is being overlooked and ignored by most of the world. How about we let the blinking lights this year serve as an advertisement for us? Not that there's a sale at Macy's, but instead that Christmas is calling us to dig in and to study Jesus, to look again, to see what it is that Jesus is about, to learn truth, to dive in so we can recognize Jesus for who Jesus is. Of course, then you'll need to make a serious decision on whether you fully accept Jesus or not. Nobody said it would be easy, but Jesus promises each of us life with him will be good. Let us pray. Jesus, let us get into that life with you. Help us to grow our faith by putting us in contact with your scripture and your life and all the things you said and did, Lord, because in that, Jesus, we know there is truth. Give us the courage and the strength to do that. Give us the wisdom to see, recognize truth when we see it and the wisdom to recognize you for who you really are. For it's in your name we pray all these things. Amen.